Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 172, Justin Lin's episodes of Community. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Dormco. Dorm wall posters and cool posters for college. College posters have always been a cheap dorm room decoration necessity. And at Dormco, they have hundreds of dorm posters for you to choose from. Shout out to Dormco. Well, shout out to Dormco and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever after the break. We'll be talking about three episodes of Community, and I also figure most of the first season, because I I I get the sense that you and Rachel watched a lot of it, but we will talk about that after the break. But Joe, first up, extracurricular activities. Aside from watching lots and lots of Community, what have you been up to the last week? Something cool that we did yesterday that I was really mad at myself that I didn't do at the beginning of quarantine that I didn't tell you about specifically because I was saving it. Yesterday, we went and went to Home Depot and started planting tomatoes habaneros, pepperoncinis, and basil plants. Oh, very cool. Yeah, for the spring, because it's like planting time, right? Like time to get ready. We went and got seeds and little like starter things for those. And um, I'm going to get some flower beds. I got like a grow light from Amazon that's coming tomorrow. I just wanted to get like all things that we use a ton of. So I got those things. Very, very cool. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Like tomatoes and shit. I mean, we make sauce, pepperoncinis. The habaneros, like one time our friends, I think I talked about it, but like one time our friends grew a bunch of habaneros and we smoked them in the smoker and then like blended them up and I used that as like seasoning for a lot of things mm-hmm. and it's awesome. It's really awesome. So I was like, yeah, if I can grow like a fuck ton of habaneros, like you could smoke and dry them. You don't need to eat them immediately, right? Because they're hot as fuck. So, so I plan on doing that. I'm going to keep you updated on how it goes. Um, hopefully it goes well and I have some nice tomato sauce with tomatoes that we grew this year. Super cool. Do you know when these are going to be, like, are they going to be ripe, like, midsummer or late summer? Or, like, what's the time, what's the turnaround time? What's the time oh, frame on uh, harvesting? It said it, it, it on the seed packet. It, I think it said harvest in 70 to 100 days for the tomatoes. Okay, okay. So 70 to 100 days, we just put the seedlings in. Yeah, it'll be, like, mid to late summer, I'm guessing. But we have a ton of sun. You, like, you've seen my yard. There's nothing in it. I'm going to put flower beds, or, you know, like, raised beds out there and they should just get sun all fucking day like basil loves sun peppers love sun tomatoes love sun so hopefully it goes well like they're not like anything you have to like really be careful you know there's some plants that are like oh they only like so much sun and indirect sunlight and like all these things like no these are just plants that are like to be outside in sun yeah for sure yeah anything else you've been up to in the last week watch a lot of community watch a lot of shitty tv watch like a part of the snyder cut no, I want to start the fucking Oscar list, but I was watching Community and stuff, so I didn't get started on my Oscar noms list like we usually do. But it's we also, I feel like we have more time in between this year, right? Yeah, we talked about it last episode that we yeah. have like six weeks in between as opposed to like I think the normal four. like four weeks or whatever. Yeah, so there's more time. That's That was factoring into my like not as anxious about not starting them yet. Yeah, I plan on doing that this week. I, I logged on to Netflix last night, and there was like a, because you watched, and like it didn't actually have like a like a thing. Okay. Like, okay. Uh, it's like, check out our Netflix awards thing. And it's just like, there was like, you know, 15 or 20 movies, I guess, that are nominated for Something. whatever Oscars, yeah. right? So like most, I mean, some of them are the big ones, like, you know, Manx got 10 awards or 10 nominations or whatever, and then all the way down to like, Defy Bloods has one. But yeah, there's a bunch on, like, I think, I think that's the other benefit that like a lot of this stuff has been maybe out for a while and also the alternative delivery, which we'll be talking about more 
mm-hmm. in the news segment on the streets. But I feel like a lot of the movies, even without having to pay for them, you can legally watch them pretty easily, a lot of them, just because of the way that uh, the movies have come out in the past year or so, right? Which so is more cool. difficult because, like, typically – you know, obviously they do, they do screeners that are in the, like for people in the movies yeah. or yep. like in the SAG, whatever. For us who don't get screeners, we have to go to the theaters and, you know, still don't really want to be in theaters right now. This is a nice compromise. And I think that, I think that we'll be able to find a lot of them for streaming, if not all of them, like you just said. I wasn't worried about that part either. I was like, yeah, it's what I think the only like big one that you need to like pay sort of serious money for is Minari, which is still 20 bucks, I think, but it's worth it. Like, Minari is one of the best movies of the year. Really? Um, so that's that's worth, yeah, that's the Best Picture nomination and a, a lot of a lot of big awards, I think. A best Actor, maybe Best Actress, or Supporting Actress, maybe, and some, maybe Director, I don't know. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of things, like Promising Young Woman, which is up for Best Picture, which is my favorite movie mm-hmm. of the year. I don't think it's going to win, but, like, that was 20. I think that's probably come down to six or seven, because, like, you know, after a while, it's like, we're not going to, we're not going to sell anymore for 20. We're going to have to drop this price, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I haven't checked since I bought it, since I rented it, or whatever, right? So, I don't know. Um, I did watch the Snyder Cut on Sunday night, and I loved it, sort of unexpectedly, surprisingly. The more that we watched the DC movies to get ready for it, the more we were like, these are really enjoyable. I don't know why I was skipping all of them. I mean, people hate them in general, so I think it's yeah. a real mixed bag. I haven't seen any of them, I don't think, since I saw them in theaters. Like, I, I saw all of them in theaters, but I haven't seen any of them since then. And there is a longer cut of Batman vs. Superman that I think yeah, in theaters Adam is like two. 40 and this is like three or something and i don't remember how long the justice league was the whedon cut like maybe two hours but the the snyder cut is four hours that's like it's a lot of movie but like the best way that i can describe it so so i grew up as a dc kid because my dad's main superhero was superman i was always i sort of had a bias toward like i didn't know anything about marvel until marvel movies became like a thing right even when after i saw like the x-men movies and spider-man movies like i still didn't know about like the avengers until those movies came out so I always grew up with, like, Superman, and not even, like, really Batman, but, like, Superman and Justice League, sort of, in general, whatever. Superman is such, like, an old guy's favorite superhero. Like, yeah. Like, you, you obviously yes. have seen that in Seinfeld, right? Because, like, Jerry's favorite superhero is Superman, and, like, it's just... I don't think it's... I've gotten there yet. I don't think we've... I don't think they've talked about Superman. I don't oh, really? Think. I don't think He's, so. He, like, mentioned Superman in, like, a ton of episodes, so... I feel like he is sort of like Captain America, like, an emblematic ideal of a bygone era. Like, yes. a lot of baby yep. boomers yep. are like, this is the America that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So my yep. dad, being a baby boomer, is like, yeah, that's that's my guy. Yep. The best way that I can describe this movie, other than being very long, is that it feels like a movie that is worthy of them. I have friends who watched it as well. I mean, I have friends who are never going to watch this thing, but I have friends who watched it and, like... I think they would probably prefer a different movie, like a different story that's being told or whatever. But like, I really like this. And I think that there is something like, okay, so Zack Snyder, have you seen the movie Watchmen? I was, I'm assuming yes. The action, no, not the, like, not the comp. There's so many fucking Watchmen. You mean the, like the live action one? Yeah. So like 2009-ish, 2007, 2009, whatever, Zack Snyder did Watchmen. And it was like two hours and 40 minutes. And then they also did like this. Uh, Curse of the Black Freighters, so like in the, have you read Watchmen? Yes, I've read all of Watchmen, and I felt like I seen a cartoon version of it, but I maybe I just made one in my head from the comic. So in the comic, there is a cartoon, but I don't think you would have seen. So in the graphic novel, there is a kid throughout the novel 
who is reading the curse of the black freighter. He's like at this like newsstand and he reads an issue of this every issue. And so it's like a couple pages of the issue. And so they animated that as an animated, like they, they drew that. So Zack Snyder put out the regular version, the theatrical version of Watchmen, but then also had like a four hour cut of that with those things cut in and some other stuff. And like, again, a four hour movie is ungodly, unbearably long. Did but, you watch it in one sitting? Yeah, but Fuck. like the but the watch but the Watchmen Ultimate Cut, I think they call it, is like um I think kind of a masterpiece. And so like okay. I had that in my head, and I was watching Justice League, and I'm like, I don't really you know can I think I think I do think Affleck is like a great Batman, um, okay. and I obviously okay. love yeah. Gal Gadot for multiple reasons, Gal, yes. specifically this our our podcast. Yeah, and I like parts of the movie, but I just didn't think it worked overall when I saw it. Like I didn't hate it, I didn't love it. And this, I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is great. And so I was joking because if people don't know out there, it is released in four by three aspect ratio Yes, because Zack Snyder really, he, he filmed it to show it on IMAX, even though it is showing and will show on zero IMAX screens in America. Yep. But I have friend, I have one friend in particular who was like, this is the worst. Like, why do I have to watch a black bar? Like once you're into the movie, you don't even notice black bars. You have the same kind of problem that I do. Well, not problem, but like gift. Watching it on a 70-inch TV, it doesn't feel that bad. Like, Mm-mm. it doesn't feel that bad at all. Like, if I was watching this on, like, a 20-inch screen, right. I would be, like, really fucking annoyed. But, like, when you have a huge screen, you're like, mm, yeah, whatever. Like, you get into the movie, you're like, like, three seconds, we were like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then we were like, nope, didn't matter. You can think about it. So, he was, like, he was, he was talking about, like, zooming in and cropping. He's like, I can, I can see most of the picture. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I know that you Why want to see, like... Why would you it? That's even worse. I know, I know, I know, I know. When I started watching it, like, I was, like, three minutes in. I'm like, I wish this was in black and white, because it just feels like mm-hmm. the next logical step. And then today, or maybe last night, they announced there is a black and white version that's called Zack Snyder's Justice League colon Justice is Gray. And I was like, <laughs> of, cor- of course there is. Of course there is, because that's, like, the, the most, like, snobby art house. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to watch it again soon, but I would watch it in black, just because it's funny. It's funny to me. But I do think it's great. I do think that, you know, if you think that you're going to hate it, you might hate it. But if you like superhero movies, I do think that this is one of the... I don't know, but like, like Birds of Prey is fun and Aquaman is fun and like the original Wonder Woman I think is fun and good, but like I think this is probably the best one in the DCEU just because like it has the time to breathe. Like if you if you're willing to give it the four hours and like they break it into six chunks, right? So like yeah. you can watch it sort of in forty minute installments, but like it's great. I don't know, it's great. It surprised me. Rachel showed me this great thing that I don't know if you've seen before, but it's funny and you should think about it or just laugh at it with me when the story comes out there was this comedian i don't know who this comedian is i've never seen him before but he's like doing a bit and he like looks at this guy and he's like hey guy like in the front row like what's your name and he's like zach and he's like oh like what do you do zach or like he's like i don't know he's trying to like start shit with like a guy in the front row like a normal comedian right and the guy's like i um direct movies and he's like Oh, Zach directs movies. He's like, um, like, what's your last name, Zach? And he goes, what movie director do you know with the name Zach? And he goes, Zach Snyder. And he goes, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, fuck. Like, he, like, the comedian, like, comes out of it. He's like, I just fucked up. It's just like a fun, like, minute clip of it. And I think it was amusing to me. Rachel showed me it when we were watching the Snyder, or before we watched the Snyder Cut, just as, like, a funny little joke. Like, would you recognize Zack Snyder? No, I have no idea. It looks like so exactly. Kyle Real, apparently. R E H L. It doesn't ever play out this well, right? And, and he also is just like, Zack Snyder's, like, the only movie director I know. And he's like, yeah, that's me. Give that a shot for a minute if you want a quick laugh. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. Pretty good. Um, what, else, what else have I been up to? Oh, and my fantasy baseball draft, which was great. It's good Did to it see work people out good? in person. It 
so the remote was difficult because um, between music in the room and people yelling in the room and just, you know, having a good time in the room was hard to do the remote stuff. But we got it done, which was important, which was good. And overall, a successful day, which is great. I thought you were going to have it at your house, but you said you were having it at your friend's house. I feel like I heard you tell this story saying that you were going to have it at your house. But then you said, oh, no, we're having it at my other friend's house. And then I saw you were like, you you messaged me like, I got beers. I'm driving to the thing. And I was like, why would you be driving to the thing? Like, okay. One friend who just bought a house with his fiance was going to host it, but they want they ordered a couch that wasn't there in time or something, so Makes he couldn't sense. host yeah. it. So then my friend who hosted it before I did hosted one last hurrah. And so we had, I think, five fully vaccinated, two with the one shot maybe, and then two more people with like a negative test in the past week. Um, so we had like a pretty, pretty decent cool. turnout. Yeah. Um, and pretty safe and pretty uh, CDC compliant, um, which, was, which was important. But it was just a blast to actually, like, you know, not not really think about. Like, it, it didn't feel weird. Like, it was just like, oh, this is just, like, what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. This episode comes out on Tuesday the 30th. And so baseball begins Thursday in Ooh. two days, which I'm very excited about. Um, the Yankees opening against the Jays, I believe. That's cool. So, yeah. So, very I'm very excited about uh, baseball again because, you know, I'm, I'm getting more back into basketball or whatever. But, you know, again, it's, it's baseball and a big old gap for me, so. I feel you. Uh, I think the only other thing is that I read, I finished reading uh, American Psycho, which I th- assume I you probably book. love the movie. I, I love both. I read both. I, I think the book is way better, too. So The book is really good. So I've read... The full chapters on like weird shit like Huey Lewis in the news are just a blast to me. Yeah, there's three of those. He yeah. does one on Journey and one on Whitney Houston and one on Huey Lewis. Yeah. Um, and the Huey Lewis one makes it into the movie. I remember that. I've only seen the movie once, but this is the fourth... Brett Easton Ellis book that I've read this year, and I've got the other three they? lined up. I feel like I read the I read another one too. What was the other? He ones? wrote Less Than Zero, which became a bad movie. He wrote The Rules of Attraction, which became a bad movie. He wrote The Informers, which became a bad movie. I don't remember. And then after that, he's written Glamorama and Imperial Bedrooms and Lunar Park. I would guess if you've read any of them, you probably read either Less Than Zero or Rules of Attraction. Like those were his first two. I think one of my coworkers told me to read Glamorama. And really? He said it was yeah. He said it was interesting because awesome. I was saying like I had just read I just like finished obviously like I said I read the most when I'm on planes and we were like traveling somewhere and I like crushed American Psycho on the way to and from a work trip and he was with me and I was like oh I just crushed American Psycho he was like oh I love Brett Easton Ellis and like Glamorama is hilarious you should read it interesting okay yeah I've not gotten there yet because I'm uh, sort of reading them in chronological order and like cutting Makes in sense. Around other books. So I think that's the, this is the 12th book I've read this year. Already? Damn. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch the movie tonight. Cause I haven't seen the movie, I don't think, since college. I've seen it once. American Psycho, really? Yeah. I remember very few. Like, I remember the business card scene, which is in the book. And I remember Obviously. the Huey Lewis scene. Yeah. And I remember him, spoiler, sort of running around with a chainsaw. But I don't remember how it ends. And I don't remember... The big thing in the novel is that he's a very unreliable narrator. Yeah. I don't remember how that plays out in the movie. Because, like, by the end of the book, you're like, I don't know if he did any of these things. Like, he might have. I have no idea. But, like, it seems probably not. But also, maybe? The movie's good in its own way. It's different than the book. I mean, like, not different in story-wise. It, it just feels different because you're not consuming it from, like, your own brain. Yeah, it's still really good. I think you'll like it. I think you'll enjoy it more when you read the book. I don't know. Maybe you'll be... The book is so good that, like, maybe you'll watch the movie and be like, it wasn't that great, but it's still a fucking great movie. I mean, like, it's Christian Bale, and it's, like, a classic movie. Yeah, the other three movies that... I I watched all the movies this year that were adapted from his other books, and they're all bad. So uh, this is, I mean, by default, the best of the four. Yeah. 
it shot really well. That's that's one of the cool things about it. Like all the the cinematography of it is great. Like it's shot cool. like in a really cool way. So and it's a female director, which is very nice. Is it? Oh, awesome. yep, Mary Heron. Awesome. Good for her, man. We have a Patreon page, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Yes. Thank you all so much for supporting the $5 level or above. If you want your name read aloud every episode, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Also get early access to episodes bonus episode there's an mm-hmm. episode dropping so this episode comes out tuesday so thursday will be a bonus episode and then friday there will be next week's episode with heather antos up so i mean if you want early access and stuff the quiz documents all that sort of stuff too fast to forever.com please and thank you we also have an email address family at cageclub.me we've got four emails they're all relatively short but we will start with one from ben milliman who we've not heard from in a while what's up ben how are you doing subject line donza kuduro hey guys i'm probably about a lap behind because work has been insane besides today and he wrote this last thursday the shortest day i've had in about three weeks is 12 hours and that includes Damn. saturdays Oof. Oof. i'm sorry brother hopefully you're getting paid big bucks for all that extra work, hopefully. I hope so. He says, I finished my job early today, and they told me just to go home, LOL. Which, good. Deserve a break. That's a good sign and a bad sign, right? Like, when your job's like, you probably shouldn't work anymore. That's a, probably not a good sign <laughs> for but how I mean, much you've yeah. been working. Yes, 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 yes. He says, it's three in the afternoon, the sun is shining, roads are clear of snow, and my Dom cross was sparkling, so I did the only Ooh. thing I could and rolled my windows down and turned up Donza Kaduro <laughs> and drove home. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I can see it in my head. It feels it feels picturesque, like you're driving to Mexico or something. Yeah. And then he says, P.S. Lindy and I got our first rounds of the vaccine on Sunday, which, again, I don't want to blow up his spot, but also we heard from Wes that he got his first round, too. So Congrats, all of our fans getting vaccinated. My, yeah, we told about everybody getting vaccinated that we know. It's awesome. Great news, man. Very cool. We have Congrats. officially reached a point, I think, where there are more vaccines than people, which we talked about, I think, last week. And I think starting... Monday, which will have been yesterday, if you're listening to this on the main feed, I think at least Texas is opening it to any adult who wants one, which I mean, again, oh. it's Texas, so that's <laughs> a different thing. So all but, six of them that want one, because yeah. Wes and his wife are already vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, it's like whoever in Austin hasn't gotten one yet, and then like the other people who are like hiding in shrubs around the state. <laughs> yeah. Jerry writes in two emails. Cool. He says, really quick, Juju took, Juju took a big pay cut to steal, stay on the Steelers. Yes. He did. This was big news in Steelers world. I'm a big Juju fan, although he, you know, irks the fuck out of boomers because he has a TikTok and they think dancing is the worst thing he could possibly be doing. I remember that just two seasons ago, we had a wide receiver that, you know, sexually assaulted women and threw furniture at children. And I'm much happier with dancing on his phone than that. So uh, I'm welcoming Juju back. I was mad that Big Ben was staying because I was like, just cut the ties. I'm sick of him. Get rid of him. Like, just let him retire. He's old. But I think that the like the subplot to that is that by him staying, Juju stayed, and then next year we have like one of the largest caps spaces, if not the most cap space. So like, if we want to keep Juju after this year, we'll be able to pay him, and we could possibly have like saved Juju as a Steeler forever because Ben stayed and convinced him to take less money. There was lots of rumors that he was going to the Niners. He apparently got offers from the Chiefs and the Ravens. I'm glad that he's still a Steeler because I like him a lot and Rachel's very happy. 
a lot of my friends that are Steelers fans are very happy because he's just a fun kid, man. Like, he's not getting in trouble. He just wants to play video games and dance. Like, I'll take that all day, every day, right? Like, sure. please, do more guys like that, like, that aren't beating up their girlfriends and stuff like, please. Uh, Jerry also sends in a separate email about that topic, sort of. He says, I have a guy that does funny commentary on every NFL game every week, among some others, about, like, what's considered a catch. His name mm. is The Chiseled Adonis, and he's a big Steelers fan. Here's the link. Trust me, you guys will really laugh. So that's the link I sent you earlier. Ah, uh, perfect. Uh, to his channel on there. So if you want to check out some of that stuff. And then Jerry says, back to the original email, no, I don't watch Temptation Island, but I've been going crazy with the NFL news and the QB news regarding Watson and those allegations. Talking about receivers. Oh. Yeah different thing altogether and there's more that have come out it's we've we've just been reading the the news in all of our football talk circles and it's just wild so um so thank you jerry for writing those in for sending in that link for just being a part of the family yeah man good to hear from you brother and then our last email is from montez subject line fire ass titles the vow just for you guys, I wrote these out, highlighted my favorite, then ranked them. I was so excited to have this segment back. I even changed the playback speed to one half so I wouldn't miss anything. Oh, did she listen to us in slow motion? I think for this section, probably, possibly, yeah. Oh. So this is, if people don't remember what we're talking about here, we did a game on The Vow that was back from our Magic Mics and Boyfriend Material and Zack Attack days, where we would rename it in high school musical style, like the most... <laughs> Plain, straightforward, basic, sum up the plot in the title. So from the bottom up, from least favorite to favorite, Sculpted by Love, Sculpted in Your Love, Daddy Issues, Chicago, Crash, All the Best Cowgirls Have Daddy Issues, The Menu, The Life to Remember, Her Memory, Prosthesis, she says this made me laugh, but her number one, The Husband She Forgot. Man, I love that game. It's a lot of fun. I wish we could play it with Fast and the Furious, but like, do them every time. <laughs> also, it's already been High School Musical. Yeah, it, it, it High School Musical itself. It's like its yeah. own meme of names of titles. We can't do anything more with that. We need to watch more like Lifetime and shitty movies so we can High School Musical up the names some more. The Val is great. Yeah. So thank you for listening, Montez, and for ranking those and sending that in because, you know, it is important to commemorate. I don't know who's, I, I think number one might have been me, but I don't remember. I honestly don't know. I have no idea. Also, for background of anybody that didn't listen to those shows, Montez would always, like, rank, like, write them all down and then email us her favorite yep. one, redoing, re- reliving that part of that life. Following yeah. up on the old traditions, the old the trends, old traditions. the old traditions. Exactly, yeah. If you have not, if you are listening and you have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts yet, please go do that. Please. Please, please and thank you. Now that we have a two-star review, the coward who didn't leave a review just gave us a two-star rating. <laughs> please help us fix that. I mean, we're never going to be, I guess, if, we're never with gonna enough be five-star ratings, we can round up, I guess. But uh, we're at 4.9, so help us not go lower. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. Also, email if you want to email family at cageclub.me. We'll read And it. we'll read it on the next episode. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. There was a big thing big one. that Mike Manzi shared with us from TMZ Breaking News. Yes. Vin Diesel's real-life son is joining the franchise to play young Dominic Toretto, which is not a thing that we guessed, but like is basically a thing that like we've kind of said it's probably going to happen. Yeah, because we knew they were shooting at a racetrack, and there was a possibility it was going to revisit Dom's childhood and his dad and his dad's death. We didn't know that his son was going to play him. I honestly didn't know that he had a son that old. I think it looks from the pictures like his son is like three or four or five. So like, I don't know. He looks like six or seven to me, dude. Oh, maybe. I only looked at one picture one time and I'm just trying to. But like, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be a nine 
he might be in future movie. I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know when he'll fit in, but we do have another we're carrying on the tradition, the diesel tradition. What's his actual name? Sinclair. Mark Sinclair? Yes. Mark Sinclair, known professionally as Vin Diesel. Yep. Because mm-hmm. there's a DJ named Bob Sinclair, and every time I think of his real name, I think of him dancing, then I think of the DJ, then I think of Sinclair. Oh, wow. Okay, hold on. We're both wrong. So, Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, we're both wrong. What is it? Sometime around 2001, Diesel dated his Fast and Furious co-star Michelle Rodriguez, which we knew about, which we talked about before. Since 2007, he's been in a relationship with Mexican model Paloma Jimenez. They have three children together, daughter Hania Hania Riley, born in 2008, son Vincent Sinclair, born in 2010, so he'd be like 10 or 10. 11 now. Okay. And yeah. daughter Pauline, born in March 2015. The last is named in honor of his co-star and friend Paul Walker, which we knew about, who died in November 2013. He's also the godfather of Walker's daughter, Meadow. So the kid is 10 or 11. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I also do like that he's Vincent, like he's named after his father, even though he's not a junior because his dad's name is not actually Vin, but he's still Vincent, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Any other news about the Fast and Furious that you have seen in the last week? We do have some non-FNF news that is in our realm, but is there anything you've seen about the franchise? Anything Jason sent in or you've seen? No, it's all news about Dom's, Dom's son. And then Jason sent us some other ones, including that one, but sent us some other ones like, how is Dom's son going to be involved in this? And what, you know, like all the speculation stuff. So, But the bigger news today, which will be old by the time this comes out, is that Disney announced... They, like, shifted, like, I think, like, 11 of their movies' dates, and mm-hmm. they announced that Black Widow not only is moving back two months to July 9th from May 7th, but it is also going to debut same day on Disney Plus for $30. That's so awesome, dude. That's so awesome. we have May 25th was the original, not even, I can't even say it's the original date. So now <laughs> <laughs> Fast and Furious, or F9, is coming out in between the old Widow date and the new Widow date, like, at the end of June, right? June 25th or whatever. And I'm really wondering, because, you know, movie theaters are reopening, but there are, like, hard caps in New York and L.A., like, 10 or 20 or 30% and, like, a number of people in the auditorium, right? So so June 20th is the release date for Fast and the Furious? We're, we're like, three months away. Yeah, and we already know people getting the first dose, like, people close to us. So you only need to wait for the second dose and then a week or two weeks so that puts us like another six weeks out. We're going to be, I think we're going to be good by June. But I'm wondering, like, I think it'll come out in June, but I'm wondering if it'll it be on, on Peacock as well. Peacock, yeah. that's right. Not Paramount, Peacock. Yeah. I think we're, we're nearing the end here. I like, I could finally see the light. I, like I said, my work was one of the most skepticals and they're talking August 1st to be back open like and they're like the most conservative about stuff like this we wow. closed okay. first they already have plans in place that are like administrative people that have been working from home are going to be allowed back fully to work august 1st obviously that's tentative but that's still like for them being so conservative when they sent this email i was like they must be thinking pretty optimistically too so i, I felt like this was kind of expected but also a little bit out of nowhere because i mean we had we had heard rumblings right like a week or two ago that you know they might do this but it just felt crazy that we waited a year to see widow and then they just did the same you know what i mean so i know they're still putting in theaters which is you know i think the goal all along but yeah obviously weird so we'll see as we get closer to the end of june what happens with f9 because also today as we're recording uh warner came out and said that the release strategy that they are doing this year where they're putting all their movies on hbo max the same day will not be the plan in 2022 so i don't know if they're going to completely remove that or if they're going to revise it or whatever but there's a lot of uh negotiating and planning and whatever 
trying to figure out how to do things safely now and financially successful in the future. And honestly, I have no idea. I'm glad I'm not in those situations. I hope everything like again we were talking today yeah i would be okay never going back to the theater which is so crazy to me like I, this is the conversation that we were having that i didn't believe that like joey you guys know was always at the mm-hmm. fucking theater you were always mm-hmm. at the theater so for you to come out like you told me and i was just like kind of floored by it just like well i never thought to hear this from you because i was just feeling nostalgic the other day when i was like looking at my Oscar noms list, which we would always, you know, Rachel and I would go see a bunch of them in the theater as much as we could. And like, I was throwing away my AMC 2020 refill cup. And we were like, wow, we didn't fucking use this thing at all. I was feeling nostalgic for the theater experience. Like I like it, but we were only, you know, we would go like once every couple weeks. Like I wasn't at the theater all the time, but I enjoyed it when I went. So the reason I don't like it. So part of what I said, well, the part, not why I don't like it, why I don't miss it is that the AMC that I was going to was like 20 to 22 minutes away. Yes. And I would sucks. go see, generally my, my plan was, because I was doing the A-list where I would see three movies a week for like 25 bucks a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I would go on a Thursday night and basically see like a 7 o'clock movie and like a 10 o'clock movie, right? Oh, sorry. I have Cinemark, not AMC. I kept saying AMC because you say AMC, but it was Cinemark. Not that that matters, but that's... Well, it, yeah, it, it might matter. I don't know, because like the part of the reason why I don't, why I don't miss movie theaters is because, and again, like I, I saw so many, like hundreds, yeah. maybe not hundreds, plural, but like more than a hundred in theaters in a year, right? Yep, for sure, yeah. So I would drive 20 minutes, 22 minutes or whatever, or like in traffic, 30, 35, to go to a theater to watch 25 minutes of trailers that I'm not watching or showing up late and trying to time it. Um, and then, you know, going to see a second movie and watching those trailers again as well. And then driving 20, 22, 25 minutes home. And it just felt like I was... wasting to a certain extent like an hour and 15 minutes of my night every week and like i love seeing the movies on the big screen but like we talked about earlier with the Zack snyder thing like i have a big ass tv and a good sound system like it's yeah it's not a theater but it's good and i think the reason i was seeing so many things in theaters was like i I liked seeing things that were new but like if there's a if there's an option to see like, I don't want to spend 20 or 30 bucks on every movie, but, like, if there's an option to see new stuff for 6 or 7 or 10 at home or go to the theater, like, I'm going to see it at home. I don't miss that. I was saying to you that, like, if I was living in Austin still and I was had draft houses around, I might already be back in the movie theater because, like, it's a different experience. Like, there's 10 minutes trailers, 10 minutes of previews or whatever. It was a shorter drive for me. Like, it was all around a better experience. And they, they sort of care. Like, AMC doesn't police talkers or texters. texters. Nope. Like, they care. just, it's all about the almighty dollar. And it just, it's not great. So I don't know. Cinemark might be better. I know that Regal is about the same as AMC. Maybe a touch better, but not even, not really. I think that I'm just romanticizing it because I haven't been to a theater in so right. long that I'm just like, oh, yeah, remember all the good times. But, like, I have shitty stories like you, like, people fucking on their phones, like, right next to me. And you're like, can you turn that off? And, like, all kinds of bullshit, yeah. right? So... I, w- I was just forgetting all the bad... It's like, you know, when you're thinking about a shitty ex-significant other. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, like, this was great. And you're like, oh, no, but, like, we broke up for a fucking reason. Like, mm-hmm. like I only went to the theater once every couple weeks for a reason. And I think that's the other thing is, like, if you're not neurotic like me and you're watching the trailers and you're only going once in a while and you're like, oh, this is like a, this is a night. Like, we're going to the movies as opposed to, like, well, what am I seeing this week? It's like a, it's like yes. a different mentality, right? It's yep. just like... I didn't mind waiting for Tenet, even though, like, I would rather have seen it in May or whenever it was, like, in weird select theaters and drive-ins. But, like, nobody I knew was talking about it. Like, if if movie theaters are back tomorrow and everyone's like, oh, my God, like, you got to go see Widow. I'm like, if everyone's talking about it, then I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, I got to go. It's the but, FOMO. Like, yeah. yeah. 
if it's available at home, like 10 times out of 10, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it at home. Like, I, I can't think of a single other than, again, like $25 a month for essentially unlimited movies versus 20 or 30 bucks a pop. Like, there's a difference. Still time. Factor your time in, dude. You know what I, I mean? No. We'll you see. Just movie hop. You could just go buy one ticket like one day a week and just fucking sit through six of them. Nobody's going to care. Movie theaters are going to be fucking broken for a while. I mean, also the same thing is like, you know, $25 a month. Like, I don't have to see eight a month to make it worth it. If I see two a month. And they're 30 bucks each at home. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I feel you. Uh, no young rock to talk about this episode because we're recording early. We're recording on Tuesday because the Penguins play on Wednesday. So young rock has not aired yet. So I guess next week we'll probably just talk about two episodes, probably. Right. So maybe. And I get Temptation Island tonight. I'm so fucking. I'm so fucking excited. I'm not gonna be tempted tonight. There's gonna be fucking chaos. I can't wait. It's a good night. As soon as we get off, I'm gonna start boozing. Get ready to get nice and drunk so I don't remember what Temptation Island is and have to rewatch it tomorrow. Beautiful. I mean, not beautiful, <laughs> but beautiful. The final thing to do before we take a break and talk about community is the Fast and the Furious Minute for Too Fast, Too Furious. Minute three, a minute I called, where's your fourth at? Oh, girl, sorry. My bad. so in this minute we're already on page 22 of this document jesus we're in minute three of this movie i mean i know that yeah. we did like you know the six minutes of the thing before uh, this is going to be a big document okay okay we're good in this minute, Slapjack, Suki, and Orange Julius prepare for the upcoming race. Slapjack snaps at his girlfriend after she pulls a hairpick from his head. Suki wipes down her car and rallies her troops. Orange Julius aggressively grabs two asses in excitement. <laughs> Tej appears and learns that the fourth racer had to work a graveyard shift and can't race. As pre-race banter gets heated, Tej suggests he has someone who could fill in. So the first thing I want to point out is that there is a lot of Spanish spoken, especially by Orange Julius. Yes. In this minute. And the transcript that I'm finding, because I don't speak Spanish, and we very we, we clearly know that you don't because of the, the difficulties you've had reading science <laughs> in Spanish. Yeah, I'm bad. I, like, I mean, I'm fu- I, had, I asked Rachel something today because I was like trying to translate what this sign was and she like i said the word and she was like this like repronounce it the right way like it would sound and uh, i'm bad okay i don't know what he's saying i mean it's just it's just bravado and like sexist nonsense right so like if it was written out if it was i would translate it they would if it was important i would but it's not so it's not so yeah um but this is the minute where we're introduced to suki and orange julius and slapjack 
and Suki's girl, who is the same character name for four different women, and also Slapjack's girlfriend. The only one of a real note I want to point out here, because we talked about how Orange Julius played Sucre on Prison Break. Yes. And we got Michael Ely as Slapjack, who's been in, like, a bunch of TV shows. I saw him in a show where he played an android in a show called um, – actually, this is of note. Um, it was a show called Almost Human. It was on Fox, like, five years ago or seven years ago. Who knows? Okay. But the female lead in that show – it was, like, two dudes – a detective and like a robot and they solved crimes. The female lead in that movie or in that in that series was the aforementioned in the previous minute girl. Minka Kelly was in that show too. Oh, so there's damn. a little bit of a uh, fast connection there, which I just realized now. But that's crazy. The one thing I want to point out, and then I want to hear what you what you found, is that Slapjack's girlfriend, who is credited as such, Slapjack's girlfriend, played by Sincerely A. Ward, and she is apparently like a, a model and like a fixture in the Atlanta scene, and she's even been on a handful of episodes of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So Oh, that's cool. I was trying to find if there's like John Singleton connections or fast connections for like Amori Nolasco or Michael Ely, and not really. But I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool like Something I learned about one of the one of the actors in this scene. So, very shout out cool. to Slapjack's girlfriend. Very, very, very cool. So, what did you what did you catch in this minute? We've seen this movie eight times. Mm-hmm. I have seen this movie in theaters, so I'm like 20 years deep in this movie. It's 18 mm-hmm. years or something, right? In the history of the movie, I knew that there was writing on the front of the RX-7. I didn't know what it said. I am trying to read it today as it's on screen. And it's just fucking Orange Julius in Leet Speak. Which is super, super cool. Which is super cool, but how did I make it this long without ever noticing, like, like I knew that, like, if you would, I could have told you that there's letters on the front of the car. What it said doesn't make any sense, and it's the most obvious thing ever, right? The other cool thing was, is I watched this um, very cool video. Normally, we, you know, we watch the Craig Lieberman videos. So it's not him. It's not, it's not. It's a video by this guy... Doug DeMuro does like reviews on cars and gives them like a score and stuff like that. He actually went to the Peterson Car Museum, which I think you've been to, right? Isn't yes, that the one in that Los Angeles. To? Yep. And Suki's car is there. Did you see? Oh, it? cool. I that's what I thought because I was like, I feel like you would have told me if you saw Suki's car, but I feel like this is the museum that you went to, so I was kind of confused. I went there because they had a classic movies and TV car exhibit and so they had like yeah. old batmobiles and like the warthog from halo yeah. and they had yeah. all sorts of stuff we talked about in here i don't think because you would have remembered it you you even posted pictures on too fast yeah like, no it was for sure in the run of the show and like if there's anything even remotely fast and furious i would have been like oh my god but like i don't think like it might be in the regular museum it might not be in that exhibit you know what i mean because i don't know uh, like, probably, like, when there's i'm almost positive i did not see suki's car because if like you know i looked at every car there because i'm like yeah better make my admission worth it and like I don't remember seeing it anywhere, so if I saw it, I would have remembered it for sure. He goes to, yeah, so he goes to the Peterson Museum, he, like, looks at the car, it's a really cool video, I linked it in the document, most of the time he's bitching about, like, things that they did to the car, like, modifications, like, to get the pink glow in it, because they obviously did these very shoddily, because they don't care how it looks, because they're not shooting what the wiring looks like, they're shooting it for the shot with pink glow inside the car. So he, like, goes through a lot of that, but it's very interesting and cool. He told a cool story that I think Craig Lieberman mentions in his video, and that's where he got it from. The S2000 that jumps the bridge, it was like a ramp, but it actually did the did a jump. The car that they used to do that jump was remote controlled. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. That's very cool. Okay. That's a cool little story. Like a full-size car, just remote controlled. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just okay. like had a remote control set up for the car so that nobody had to be in the car while it like did the gotcha. jump. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's interesting. The last thing that was like a kind of connection to us 
not a fast connection, but a connection to us was internet car movie database. Let me go find what the actual quote is because I thought it was really funny. Okay, so I'm like, you know, looking through all like the Suki's car things. Somebody goes. Oh, I see it. It's the third one. The same hot pink as Sharpay's Mustang. Barf. <laughs> yes, yes. It's hot. It's as hot pink as Sharpay's Mustang. And I was like, oh shit! Somebody was watching too fast and is knowledgeable enough of a High School Musical that this crossed over, and there can't be that many of us. <laughs> Which, by the way, I will say, because we played the letterbox game on here a lot, that like my review of Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure that we did for Zack Attack. Lately, like this year in 2021, like every like four to six weeks, I have somebody else randomly like that review. Like it's not the most popular review. Like if you go to the page, there were reviews on that page, on that movie that have like 160, 175 likes. Yeah. Mine has nine, but like there's something about this movie that is like drawing people <laughs> to it. And I don't know what it is other than Sharpay. People love Sharpay, man. Yes. She's not the villain that, that, that they made her out to be. No. No, definitely not. She gets bad rep, man. Cool. Round up with the cars. Anything else that you noticed of note in this minute? Because, I mean, it's mostly just, it's a lot of dialogue and a lot of cars and a lot of a character face. stuff. The signs, there's some Spanish signs behind Tedge I couldn't read. The only one I got was one that I put in the thing. Hopefully we focus on, it's, it's all focusing on faces, so it was hard for me. Got the cars. It was kind of a tame minute, so I did some digging on Suki's car instead. Cool outfit some clothing some wardrobe of notes so slapjack is wearing a basketball jersey NYC. that's the nyc brand yep. yeah which number 42 which i'm guessing is probably jackie robinson inspired because slapjack's probably. girlfriend is i'm guessing also wearing an nyc like not bra but like tank top that's like cut above her stomach that also has a 42 on there yeah um so it's like you know his and hers Kind of, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Suki, so Suki's look in this scene, I think, is probably the most iconic Suki look. One of them, right? Like, it's the For purple sure. tank top with the pink yep. bra underneath, like the pink yep. pants. But the pink pants are real weird, which I never actually paid attention to. Like, they're laced up the side, which I saw, but they're not, like, chaps, because they go up to, like, her pelvis, right? Like, yeah. it's from belt down, like, you know, eight inches. But there's, like, these two wide pink like leather bands that go around and she's got like jean shorts like little booty jean shorts on underneath so it's not like chaps and they're like full behind like it's not like the ass is cut out but like they're they're so weird they're so weird to like I pause on them and them. look at them oh yeah it looks like as if they're really high 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 boots and then like what is this thing called like not a garter but like you know what i'm talking about like when it connects from like yes. the sock to the yep. skirt yeah, you're right. This is fucking weird when you see it. And she, and you're right. And she has jean shorts on underneath. Like, I always picture, like, if you, if you before today were, like, described, I would be like, okay, so they're pink and they're, like, laced up the side, which is right. Yes, but I would do that. I either think that they were leather pants, just normal leather pants, or chaps with some kind of short. Like, I know that, like, it's not, like, assless chaps, but, like, whatever this is, I, d and they're also bell-bottom, too. So, like, yes. that's another wrinkle. I was thinking of more of, like, not MC Hammer pants, but, like, breakdancing pants, like, Pants of the 90s that were, like, real baggy, right? Sure, okay. But, like, pink, and I would have probably thought they were cloth, not leather. I didn't think that this is four different pieces of weirdness going on here. It's super weird. Not as weird, though, as one of Suki's girls. This is a shirt that we have talked about before, that one of the girls in her crew is wearing a cut-off sleeveless blue t-shirt with white shoulders. And okay. on the shirt, there is black text that's outlined in white, then red, and the text just says porn, and there's a star yes. next to it. 
I don't know why. And the other girl is wearing, again, Suki's girl number two, I guess, um, is just wearing like a, a frilly dress. It's like, this doesn't feel like appropriate. Like everybody else is just like dressed for the, like this just feels like, not that it's inappropriate, but it's just like everyone else is wearing a kind of a certain aesthetic and this girl's just like, I'm just going to wear a dress. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that is strange. It feels like they definitely had extras and they were like, of the extras, like let's find the Asian, like, I, they're not all Asian either, but I was saying like they were like you could be a Suki girlfriend, you could be a Suki girlfriend, you could be, and they're like, well, we're all wearing different clothes, and they're like, mm, fuck it, nobody's gonna yeah. notice. I don't know. And then Orange Julius of note has the jacket on that's unzipped most of the way, and he's got no shirt on underneath, and he's got the Kangol beanie on, which I think is pretty, uh, you know, the red, black, and green Kangol oh, yeah. beanie. How is your name Orange Julius, and your car is red? Your beanie is red. Well, he's wearing orange. His, his at least his jacket is orange. His, I mean, his pants are dark and his hat is not really orange, but his jacket is orange. So you know, it's like, but it's even like a burnt orange. Like I want fucking neon orange. Like the the gold car almost looks more orange than the red car. I don't know. I don't know. For the trivia question, I think it has to be about Joaquin, who is the fourth racer that Brian eventually replaces. So two different questions here. I want to know which one you think more. So either what's the name of the fourth racer, which is a little bit more niche, maybe, who had to miss the the movie's opening race, which is Joaquin, or a question I like more, I think, why does Tej call Brian to fill in for a missing racer in the film's opening race, which is because the already the original racer had to work a graveyard shift? Absolutely incredible. That's the question. That's exactly what I want. Yep, a hundred percent. I'm yeah with you. Great question. So then, because the original racer, we could say, got busted by the cops. Yeah, there was no, there was no original fourth racer. They didn't have a fourth. Like they just, there just was no fourth. <laughs> we could say. Uh, Go ahead. I have a funny one too. Go ahead. I was gonna do something about the Tokyo Drift, like because today is the seventh or something like that. I was gonna say because he works in a graveyard. Oh uh, well, so here's so here's the thing is because if you do another answer with graveyard, it becomes I think obvious that it's one of those two, which I'm not opposed to, but I no, think it's like, I why, like yours. why are two of was, these answers? He was babysitting his kid. Okay. So why does Tej call Brian to fill in for a missing racer in the film's opening race? Because the eraser, original racer got busted by the cops? No. Got stuck babysitting his kid? No. Had to work the graveyard shift? Yes. There was no original fourth racer. That's a damn good question, and I'm going to get that one wrong. Like, that's already a question I can see that, like, we're on two, like, by the time, or what, three? We're on three. Yeah, this is three. By the time we get to, like, 90, I'm going to be like, I have no fucking idea. Remember how, like, toward the end of, like, the, the last thing, I was like, I'm going to be able to ace this quiz no matter when I take it. Like, I was thinking, like, a couple episodes ago, like, even closer to when we did the quiz, like, oh, I'm already fucked. Like, I, I would do better than I did, but, like, there are a handful of questions. I'm like, oh, I don't remember. Like, yep. 90th or 120th Street? I think it's 90th, but I also don't know. You know, like, stuff like that. No, it's so. 120th. Is it? God damn it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That was a great episode. If you guys somehow haven't listened to the episode where we take the quiz. Well, that was a bonus episode. That's a Patreon exclusive. It's it's still fucking amazing because we get shredded. <laughs> let's take a break and let us come back to talk about community. Seventy-two, a collection. 
This episode is brought to you by Dorm Co. Their dorm store has everything from funny college posters and cool posters to dorm door posters and mural posters. Shout out to dormco.com. Well, shout out to Dorm Co. and welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. So we are talking about three episodes of the first season of Community, Introduction to Statistics, Interpretive Dance, and Modern Warfare. So, Joe, I will level with you. I took one note on these three episodes combined, and I just said, Professor Slater is back. Nope, one total. Professor Slater is back. What a through line. And that's all I wrote, because I have seen these episodes multiple times before, and I watched it again last night and loved every minute of all three of them. I don't know how to talk about these, because I don't know that there are a ton of fast connections, because I feel like until Modern Warfare, it's not exactly clear that this is like an action, stylish, flashy director. You think so? Yeah, because we watched them, watching them in comparison to quote unquote normal episode, like any episode that isn't shot by Justin Lin, his choices become very apparent. Like what? How would you describe that? Because I only watched these three. I did not go back and rewatch the entire season or anything. One, it's just totally shot like an action movie in the sense that he does like a lot of like sweeping cameras. That well, you the don't third get... one in particular, for sure, Modern Warfare. But you think even in the first two? Yes. Even in the okay. first two, we started to notice it. Like the camera sweeping and like just from the points where he like a lot of face face magic which we talk about a lot like there's like a lot more like face framing like normally in a sitcom you get like a shoulders up a nipples up type situation right Mm -hmm. like you get like the person's head framed and they're kind of like showing you like what's going on he does like a lot of like eyes and like actual face so like you get a lot more of the faces in these episodes beyond the sweeping camera shots he likes the like the long shot of like you start at one character and then like you go around or through a door and continue on to see what another one's doing that you don't get a lot in the ep- like they'll cut them as just scenes in normal episodes. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. Good good observations. So did you finish the entire first season or did you stop after? Because Modern Warfare, I think there's like one or two after this. I we stopped after twenty three. So what did you think? Because you had you had never seen any of the episodes of the show before. Never seen not one episode of the show before. We really really enjoyed it. It's actually one of the first shows that I've watched in a long time that like. I would giggle or chuckle at the jokes as they're like when they would say them, and I ha- have no expectations. I really, really liked it. Rachel and I found it a ton of fun. We started it because we, because you know, we talked about it, we're like, okay, you're like, you can watch these three, and yep. I was like, let me just start with one. By the time we get to seven, if we like it or not, you know, like then I'll decide from there. And we watched like the first three one night, and we were like, this is great. We've been drinking. We need to like pause this so that we can enjoy it even more. Well, you know who made it, right? Dan Harmon from the from fucking Rick and Morty and the mm-hmm. Russo brothers who are the Russo brothers. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how like I know that they're executive producers, but yeah, this is basically like Dan Harmon's big break like before I don't know if yes. that's exactly fair, but this was his first like massive show before Rick and Morty. And then so he would eventually go on, he would get fired effectively really? um, maybe not even effectively just like he, he just got fired what did he do i don't have this story right and i'm gonna have people google it if you want to know the right story but i think he like so chevy chase is a notorious asshole chevy chase plays pierce on the show yeah and i think chevy chase like left him a voicemail or something and he played it on his podcast harmontown and like uh. kind of put chevy chase on blast some to some extent something like that like something in that neighborhood and then nbc or universal or whatever was just like you can't do this. Like we 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 gotta like like they chose. I think I think I don't know. It was something along those lines. How many seasons of this did he do before he got fired? 
I want to say at least four, if not five, the final season. So the show got canceled and then renewed for a season on Yahoo screen, which I don't know if you'll remember, Uh, had some originals for a while. No. So they, after it got canceled, their five, there was a big push for six seasons in a movie. And I think that was a Dan Harmon thing that like, we can tell, we can finish the story if we do six seasons in a movie. And it got renewed for a sixth season that he is not involved with. I don't think, like, I don't think Chevy Chase is there. I don't think Donald Glover is there so it's like a weird thing that's very strange i was gonna ask you if it felt kind of arrested developmenty where it's like oh they were kind of all there but not all there no because it wasn't it wasn't like a decade later it was like like two years later like it was still like relatively like it wasn't gone for a while um it was just different kind of creative minds and different not different actors but like fewer actors and they whatever so like i've only seen the entire show through once but i've seen the first season a couple of times like where we are now like this is like non-stop like this is just like peak like top 10 sitcom maybe ever like this is just like funny 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 shit like wall to wall just characters like actors on fire funny jokes like just incredible stuff and then you have an episode like modern warfare which is the highest rated episode in the entire show there's there's an episode in season three that i won't spoil in case you guys get to it but like yeah then i'm sure you've seen memed but that is also like a 9.8 out of 10 like these are episodes that are like beloved like just beyond just funny it's just like this is something transcendent and special for a show I think it's really, really funny. I think that it hits a lot of the great sitcom notes. The one thing that I do like about the show that I find uh, maybe a little bit different than other sitcoms like this, and I don't know who it is, it's probably uh, Harmon writing writing this, right? That he strings like three one-liners together, so it like it hits like three different jokes, but they're mm-hmm. all like on the same thing. And that was something I was noticing that happens a lot. Like somebody, like you'll get like a back and forth and a back, and like they're all funny. And, like, you don't have a second to pause, and it, like, will give me enough excitement to laugh. Yeah, no, it does. And I think that's something, and it's not, I'm not disagreeing with you, because I think that's a great way of saying it, but, I, like, it's not how I would describe, like, The Simpsons, but I think, like, shows like The Simpsons are just, like, we're going to throw, like, 15 jokes at you a minute, and, like, if you're not laughing at this one, like, you're going to laugh at something yes. else in the next second yes. or whatever. And so It's also different than, like, we're leading you up to one punchline. Like, you get, like, you know, 30 seconds of lead-up and a punchline, and 30 yep. seconds of lead-up and a punchline. And you're right. And then you get something like The Simpsons where it's, like, we're going to throw – we're just going to throw every joke at the wall at you, and, like, you're going to laugh at one of them. Yep. This is like he specifically leads it and then goes like joke, joke, joke. Yeah, it's uh, it, I mean, it's just it's remarkable. It's so funny. And I was looking because I also want to kind of I wanted to get confirmation because I was saying to you when we were talking about this last week, when we previewed this on the episode with Heather, that the first episode we did introduction to statistics, which yes. is the Halloween episode. Yes. Was the episode that made me fall in love with the show. And I was looking at the IMDb ratings to see if I was like. Not if I was right, because it's all personal. It's subjective. But, like, it was by far the highest rated episode so far. So, like, I don't know. Like, when you were watching through, you had sort of, like, I don't want to say unfair expectations. Because, like, this was the episode, like, the first thing you kind of, like, had to really pay attention to. Because it was the one that we're talking about. But, like, did this episode seem better to you than the ones that came before? Or did you like all of it up to that point? I was was pretty much sold from the jump. Like, I like the casting. Like... I thought that if anything, it would start trailing at some point. Like the premise, the way that they're providing such great, I'm going to say stereotypical college goers, but in a community college setting was amazing to me. Not stereotypical in like race and ethnicity and stuff like that, but stereotypical like you have a guy that's shirtless that plays guitar on the green, but they're at a community college. Like this is that those things make me really, really happy, you know, like and also they're all like 30 right? So, like, he is playing, like, 
an 18 year old that is like the cool surfer vibes guy that plays guitar on the green but he's also a 30 year old man that is at a community college and like i like think tropes like this no like pretty much from the jump we were in it if anything i just fell in love with it more as it kept going i don't think that the halloween episode sold me any more than i was sold but me watching it for justin lynn paying attention to it for justin lynn um seeing his like little embellishments on the episode made it very enjoyable in its own way but it wasn't like i was already committed to watching these so i wasn't like oh like now i'm hooked or something it was just like oh no this is even better cool good so like if you have not watched the show yet please go watch the show it's on it's Hulu great. and netflix i'm i'm way into it you know that i binge stuff and like the better i like it the faster i watch it and we blew through 23 episodes of it they're 20 minutes they're not very long the show is about a group of seven i think seven people community college students um who are all in one way or another kind of like empathetic fuck-ups like they're all there the, for the a reason it starts with they are they're in a shitty spanish class who is led by Ken Jong? Yep. By Ken Jong, they form a study group and they become yep. like this study group of misfits. But everybody at this community college is a misfit in their own way. But then you have yes. And so each episode of the show is named after a course, and it's not necessarily about the course, but it's about like the themes of that episode. So like statistics is just she's the statistics teacher. And then the interpretive dance is about Britta and Troy are both taking dance classes. The modern yes. warfare. It's not really about class. It's just the paintball episode, which I sort of previewed last week, which is. Again, yeah. incredible. But every episode just kind of has like some kind of thematic tie to a type of college community class. I also like that they do a lot of something that we do. They theme the episode. There's like there's like a Valentine's Day episode mm -hmm. and there's a Halloween episode and there's like a Christmas episode. That feels very sitcom-y that like normally I'm like, Ugh, I don't like this. But in the community college world and because this is funny and i like the characters it plays out really really well and they usually do like a fun take on that which is yeah. i think it's hard to do because you've fucking seen everything that's like the christmas episode of this like uh i don't want to see that and i hate christmas and i was like oh this christmas episode's fun because it's, it's smart and like i don't want to just you know blow smoke up dan Harmon's ass because you know he doesn't need it because he's he knows that he's a genius <laughs> but like it's a smart show and like it's well-written characters and like they're doing spins on things that feel fresh and unique and they're bringing in people both in front of the camera and behind the camera that like can kill it right and so it's a, just it's a great well-written show abed's character gets me every fucking time i laugh so much at his character his observations and like his love of pop culture and just constantly referencing pop culture things that i've seen and like being like oh this is like 16 candles or like oh like where's george costanza at and, like and just how everything in his in his world plays out like an episode of a sitcom is just it's just such a nice touch i'm like wow this feels like a very very fresh character and i really really like it there is one is that really season five? Oh my god so there's an episode in season five abed begins taking a class discussing whether nicholas cage movies are whether he's a good or a bad actor oh nice which is just i mean again yeah. just how, how can you write something so on the nose for you specifically yeah. yeah he is kind of in like i mean everybody to a certain extent is like the emotional core of the show because like for a show that is so funny it's also very heartwarming and the characters all like it's have very actual 
motivations and drive and whatever. Yeah. But he is also, I think, maybe more so than other characters kind of the, at the core because he is, I don't, remember, I don't remember if they ever come out and diagnose him, but he is like autistic. Like he's not, he's not exactly, like he has a hard time relating to people, which is why he's so yes. deep into pop culture. And I think that they use that so well, not only for comedic effect, but also just like for actual dramatic and emotional moments and stuff like that. So friend and patron of the show, Christian Larson, met him at a bar. Really? In Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find a picture. I know you had a picture of him. I can just, um, oh man, don't, just don't tell me he's a shitbag. No, I think he was great. I think he was great. I think I can imagine him being like the nicest, coolest guy ever. But like, if you'd have told me he was a shitbag, you would have just crushed my world. Like, I don't think that I could have watched any more of the show. No, I don't think, I think the only person on the show who's an asshole is, is Chevy Chase. I, I have a question for you, and mm-hmm. because I know you're going through Seinfeld, and I know specifically on this show, we talked about an episode of Seinfeld with the masseuse, and you were yes. saying, like, this doesn't feel very good. How do you wrap this around, like, a Chevy Chase character in this show? What separates these two things for you, that you have such love for this show, and you're like, oh, that doesn't really work very well in Seinfeld? Because Chevy Chase's character is, like, the worst of Seinfeld all the time. But it's done intentionally. But the shows are 30 years apart. 20 years apart, yeah. Well, that's that's also the thing. It's like, we as a... I mean, okay, so a lot of what Pierce, well, the, the Chevy Chase character says is, like, indefensible. But like, that's why he's saying it, because he is a bigoted old man. There's a difference, I think, between, like, actual gay panic and having a character who is homophobic that they are analyzing. Would you, like, laugh at his jokes? Yeah, because they're, because of the way that, like, because he's a, he's a written, he's a consistently and well-written character. They're not just taking shots at, like, black people, like, you know, where he just, like, puts down Troy for being, like, a young, dumb black, you know what I mean? Like, they're not doing that to, like, put down black people. They're doing it because they're saying, he's like. He's portraying, a, like, a bigot. Exactly. As opposed to like on Seinfeld in 1991, where they're like, I don't want a man to touch me in case I get an erection. Like, that's a different thing. George's character is not consistently written as homophobic. It's just like, wouldn't it be funny if like we wrote an episode about like how guys don't want to get massages from other guys because like they might get turned on. It's like, well, that's okay, sure. But like, it just, it doesn't, like they weren't writing it to be woke. They were writing it to be kind of funny. Like here in community, they're writing it to like highlight because the other characters, like, we don't get a sense of, like, who the masseuse is, the masseur is. We know who Troy is. We know who these people are. We okay. know that they're not dumb or bad or broken or whatever, right? Like, it's just Pierce is the villain to a certain extent. Like, it's still, mm-hmm. you know, a lovable villain or whatever. But they're they're doing it in a way that is highlighting why what he's saying is wrong as opposed to, like, yeah, like, black people are dumber, you know what I mean? And, like, that's the joke. Like, that's not the joke. The joke is, like, look at this terrible old guy who hasn't learned how to speak around people that he's ostensibly friends with. That makes some sense. I was watching one episode, and the dean makes, like, a very, what I consider, similar joke, where he's, like, he's watching a video, and he's like, oh, I better not feel anything watching this. And it, uh, it's something stupid, like, a zebra dancing. And, I, it, like, I just started making this connection, and I was just like... Pierce is constantly saying wild shit. Sure. And, like, everything that he says is, like, homophobic the whole time or racist. And I was just, like, putting the 20 years separate, I'm thinking that these are kind of in line with each other. And I'm wondering myself, like, will we look back and be like, even that is bad that you're portraying him like this? But I get what you're saying now that he is seen as a villain, right? Like, this isn't just part of the story. Like, he is 
he's saying it and it is bad and we all know that it's bad when he's saying it i mean even in the three episodes that i watched last night there were like a handful of jokes that i laughed at but i'm just like oh they wouldn't even within the same framing of like old white guy doesn't understand how to live in the modern world there are a handful of jokes that like oh you wouldn't do that today like i think a a more direct show to compare this to that we've talked about on here recently is eastbound and down which aired slightly before this but like there's there's so much of that show that would not air today yeah that's again kind of the point is that kenny is an irredeemable asshole who actually does wind up getting redeemed but like even in when you're taking talking about like a decade ago as opposed to 30 years ago there's so much still that like is not okay funny is funny but it's also like oh you probably wouldn't be like so homophobic and so racist and whatever like there would be other ways to deliver the same kind of thing so i think like i think it's a valid question i just think that like the way that they're doing the jokes is for a reason as opposed to just like man gay people sure are weird huh yeah no i get that i'm I'm just like i'm really curious to see how this stands up Uh, eastbound and down i think is like almost an outlier like it's just it's bad, right? Like, there's just parts of it that are just like, they would never put this on TV now. And I don't even know how they put this on TV then, you know? Like, it's just, like, very edgy and not, like, in a good, like, edgy. It's, like, edgy shit that you're, like, this was, like, borderline making it onto television, even if it's on HBO. Like, I don't know how they got away with this, some of this stuff. I was just a question because I was thinking about it while I was watching this. And you're not wrong. Like, there's stuff in here that I'm just like, ooh, like, I'm laughing but also, like, cringing at the same time, which I think the other thing to keep in mind is that they're they're trying to, I think, push the envelope because this is on NBC, which is wildly yes, different yes, yeah. than HBO. Like, this is airing at, like, 8 or 8.30 on Thursday nights or whatever Which is NBC. another reason why I was thinking about it because I'm like, this is, a, this is a family show. I don't know if I would consider it a family show. I mean, it's a show that's on that, like, airs when young yes. children are awake, but, like, this, this is, is not a I'm show saying. that's, like, for fam- yeah, but yeah, It's not for families, but, I mean, like, if it's on NBC and it was playing at 8 and it's, like, only – you know, it starts in what two thousand nine or whatever, because that's like the first year of their school. Mm-hmm. Like this is more of a family show than Eastbound and Down was. You're, you're not, you're not wrong. It, it, there's a lot in here that's just like, oh boy, like that's a uh, okay, sure. Yeah, like Pierce says some wild shit, man. Like there was definitely times I was like, oh, whoa, <laughs> like okay, I guess we said that. Cool. The show revolves around pop culture. Abed is like the kind of like conduit that we get all this pop culture through because like we were talking about like he like sees the world through movies and sitcoms and shows and stuff but I feel like some of the episodes that Justin Lin directs that he really leans into that because like in the Halloween episode like he's like just be Christian Bale and just like be Batman when he does that I think it's a lot of fun because we know that Justin Lin loves pop culture too in those episodes he got to have an equivocal fun we always talk about like tarantino like steals stuff from movies and like loves like pop culture or like genres or whatever and i think that we got to see justin lynn express that in in shooting episodes of this that we might not see in fast and the furious movies right like we're not getting like weird pop culture references and stuff in fast and the furious movies or like letting the characters seem to be more free like because he's like in the Fast and Furious world, right? He can't, like, flex this muscle. But now that we've seen making of the game, I'm more and more fascinated by him as we continue this journey. Like, Justin Lin himself, and, like, what his motivations and, like, what he finds funny are. And when I watch stuff like this, I'm thinking, like, damn, I bet he's, like, a really fun person. I think this is definitely right in line with finishing the game. Now, what I'm not sure of, and I don't think is actually that true, like, I don't know how much power a television director has to kind of do anything because I feel like 
he's a hired gun effectively like he's not yeah. like you know when the russo when one of the russos i don't know does like 12 or 15 or 20 episodes like that's a little difference there a producer like he's just coming in and being like hey like let me you know adapt to your style and like do whatever you gotta do but like add my own flares the great point that you make is that there's a reason why he would want to work on this kind of show for those reasons that you said because like you can see that when he's able to do anything that's like outside of the realm of like big budget Hollywood blockbusters or like art film trying to establish himself like when he goes and makes a finishing the game it's like oh yeah like he just wants to be goofy and just do dumb yeah. shit and so like I don't know how much of this is actually like him being like, well, let's do this or this or this. Like, I I honestly genuinely don't know. You can see why he would be like fun to collaborate with and work with because like when he has complete control, it's like, oh, you're just making weird, goofy shit. But like now that we've seen like some of the other things leading up to this, like just like the way he uses Ken Jeong, like Ken Jeong obviously plays like the most hyper stereotypical version of himself always, right? There's like little flares that like I was noticing that like I was like, this had to be Justin Lin. Like when he comes in with like the the paintball gun, he plays like some like really stereotypical Asian music. Oh, I have a note about that. So when Chang enters the study room to attack Britta and Jeff, a Chinese language song plays. Yes. The lyrics are from a famous Chinese poem entitled Yi Shui Yi, the song of the Yi River, written around 227 BC. The English translation is the wind sows and sighs, alas, the Yi River is chilly, the hero leaves, alas, and will not return. Because it is, they're playing to the stereotypical, like, Asian action hero yes. moment. Because, like, yes. in an episode where they're parodying Die Hard and the Warriors and Terminator and Predator and zombie movies, and, like, that's, like, a John Woo thing or maybe just, like, a stereotypical, but, like, they're not doing it to make fun of that. They're embracing it in a way that, again, like, Which we've you don't seen make him finishing do. the game. Yeah, you don't make finishing the game to make fun of Bruce Lee. You make it because you love Bruce Lee and, and you want to make fun of, like, the insanity around finishing that movie, right? It was just really cool. The other thing was is I just tweeted, and you saw it, that this weekend I was watching Casino into Goodfellas, and there's like a fully Goodfellas episode. There's like just a gangster movie episode. I like that he does those too, that there's just like an episode that's just like just a movie, right? (laughs) Like it's like them operating, but like really the, the story structure is just like he boosted like a famous movie that you've seen or six of them. Harmon just writes a story that fits along this path that's already carved out for him. It's it's great. I really, really enjoy the show. What works about those things is that there's the humor in the recognition, like when he wakes up and it's like, oh, this is 28 Days Later. This is Danny Boyle like in a zombie yeah. movie. Yeah. But then it's the way that they subvert it and they build the characters into it in a way that like yes. they've always lived in a zombie movie. It's like, how, how does this work so seamlessly? I, I don't understand how this can be so effective so easily. Yeah, I agree. They play it really well. Like, all the actors are very talented to just change a genre style that, like, I don't notice much when you're watching, like, a lot of a lot of actors get typecasted. We've talked about this before, right? Like, sure. if you're in an action movie, you're in an action movie. So, like, we see Michelle Rodriguez be an action movie. So when we saw her play, you know, sympathetic teacher or whatever. Milton's Secret, baby. Milton's Secret. It's like, whoa! Like, this, is, this yeah. feels so different. It feels even more jarring when you're watching episodes back to back to back and you're seeing them be like, okay, we're in like an action movie that's like a zombie thriller or like we're playing like in a gangster movie or any of these other things and it's 20 minutes, it stops <laughs> and they'll like show the end cut, which I love all of these like credits scenes with like Troy and Abed. Largely Troy and Abed, yep. Mm-hmm. Fucking hilarious. Every single time they get me to laugh. And then they're just like, just n- normal, quote unquote normal, because they're also doing something weird. I want to, is there a story behind those? I really feel like those are something that like those two were just writing. Have you gotten to any of the Troy and Abed in the morning, their fake 
morning show? This end credit scene of 23 might have been the first one. They do one where it's like very clearly like a... Uh, they, they're they hosting a morning show. It's like one of the last ones that I saw. And it was like okay. them and they have, what's his name, Jeff? They have him there and he's like, he has like a microphone on and they're like, oh, look at Jeff, look at this clip. And then he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's like, why is there no cameras? Like that was like the first one I saw. Okay, yes. Because they do that a handful of times. I think it's just like, because the actors and the characters work so well together and they can be so supremely silly in a way that doesn't really impact the rest of the show. Like yeah. Britta and Annie and Shirley and Pierce and Jeff are all funny. There's something about Troy and Abed together yes, where it yes. just, it's magic. And it's like so they realize it very early and it's just, you know, they're, they're able to put these like weird, sur- surreal, just bizarre bumpers in the show that just worked beautifully so but donald glover was like writing for snl that's what i'm saying like i was asking in case you knew i don't really know much about the the making of this show like even the notes that are like the behind the scenes on these episodes like there's not a ton like it's just like the the thing that i mentioned before about the chinese language song that plays like yeah that's like the big takeaway like the the i have to be trivia for tv shows is not great because like when we're watching the X-Files, like when I'm rewatching the X-Files, like there's a lot of trivia about those because like it's been so long, right? Yeah. And like there's, so, there's such a fervor, fervent fan base. But I feel like for modern shows, there's so many other places you could just talk about shit. Like I'm sure like if you go to like Reddit, like our community or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure you can learn all sorts of stuff. But like, Or listen to his podcast, listen to Harmon's podcast. I'm sure there was tons of shit on there too, yeah. I don't know the making of. They might have been pitching i i honestly don't know but whoever came up with those ideas it's it's just wonderful to me i like i have no proof of this but it really feels like those two like when they're not shooting a scene like in between takes they were like oh man like wouldn't it be funny if we did this just like goofing around and then they're like oh that's cool like we only need to shoot 20 seconds of it anyways can we do this at the end of the episode and it's like yeah you guys can definitely do this at the end of the episode right it's just like one 20 second joke so perfect i looked through all while we've been talking i've looked through all of larson's facebook pictures and i can't find that what i i mean he posts a lot of pictures as you can imagine he's posted a ton of pictures that like tie into our show one way or another I, I saw a picture of Abed but not not Danny Pudi the actor at the bar with Larson so it's somewhere maybe if Larson hears this he can send this to us but the first episode the Halloween episode introduction to statistics is there anything of note that we've not talked about that you wanted to talk about Ken Jong using like the the only line you haven't tried yet is just begging this girl to like pity fuck you was just like so amazing to me and then it works It was just, like, such a funny, weird play on how this... He's like, just please, just please do it. Pierce taking drugs by accident was great. Then just the action scene of, like, Batman saving them and him... Just, like, the way he's shooting it is so Fast and the Furious in a sitcom setting. And for him to get both, like, action movie and sitcom going at one time is great. Watching it this time, like, already loving the show, I was laughing nonstop, so, like... I don't know what, you know, what was going through my mind earlier, like the first time through, but you know, sometimes you just don't know what a show is going to be. And then you just watch the show and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. It was that moment where like, it's Abed all episode long as Christian Bale, as Batman, except for like the one or two lines where like, you can try not being a dick or whatever he says to Jeff. Yeah. Right. Um, but he goes in and just does a Batman thing and pulls <laughs> them out of this like insane contraption of like desks and chairs, like piled on top of each other before it collapses. Like, okay, it collapses. Like it's, it's not going to kill them. Like it's going to no. be like. it's just but it's still funny that like it's life or death stakes and just like the slow motion shots and just like how it just framed so much like an action movie i really love it the second episode interpretive dance it's just it's a coincidental that like the professor so like jeff jeff the uh 
the man's man in this in the show, like always flirting with different women, always start trying to sleep with and seduce different women. Weirdly coincidental that this is the same woman from the first episode that we watched that she comes back that there she's she's in like five episodes, I think. Like she Who, sticks around for a little professor? bit more. Yeah. But like the first two episodes she's in are the first two episodes. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Cool. Like what a through line. Uh, but this is the one of the three that like by no stretch of the imagination, like a bad episode. But like there's like such high stakes of the Halloween episode and then even higher stakes of the paintball episode. And this one's just like, yeah, OK. There's so much fucking dancing in this show <laughs> for it being a show about community college. There's so much like bands playing and dancing. There's always a band and always dancing happening. The dancing thing was fun, though. I, I liked it. This was the lesser of the three, but I think that these were still three great episodes of the show. What I remembered about this, other than I remember Troy saving the day with Britta, but I remember at the very end, like Abed's tap dance solo to end the episode. And the song that plays underneath there is a song by Kate Nash, who I liked because like at this time I was really big into Lily Allen. Still like Lily Allen, but like this is around the time where like It's Not Me, It's You was out and I was really into that. I was like, oh, this sounds like Lily Allen, but isn't. Like, who is this? And it's Kate Nash, this British singer. But the coincidence is that Kate Nash would go to co-star with Alison Brie in the show Glow. So there's a little bit of a community connection there. So the woman singing this song at the end would go on to play in the show Glow with Alison Brie, one of the stars of the show. So That is really cool. Anything else of note in this one or just a lot of song, a lot of dance? There's so many fucking Jim Belushi references. And, like, I was even writing it down before. He's like, man, Jim Belushi's really getting dragged here. And, like, <laughs> you know, and we watch Blues Brothers it's for us. So I was like, how many fucking Jim Belushi references do you ever see on TV that are, like, more than one? Right? So. And I think that's, like, that kind of thing is the benefit of having, like, a. You look at sitcom or you look at, like, network TV series lengths and you're like 23 24 25 episodes in a season like jesus like so much like when you're when especially when there's so much to watch you're like i just want to like i kind of want to just like know it all and like move on to the next thing but like by having so many episodes you're able to be like this one we're gonna have like 12 jim belushi jokes it's like well why yep. it's like well why not like we got time right yeah. like, we can just we yeah. can just do this so and I also it's only 20 cool minutes thing. long anyways so just yep. if it runs long or doesn't work just cut it i'm sure you yep. have more footage to just fill in there and then the final episode that we watched the 23rd episode i think of the first season modern warfare so i told you that there are like three paintball episodes like they okay. just like because this one was so good and so beloved that they're just like We'll do it again. So I think like I think there's maybe one in season two and one in season three, or maybe they're like back to back one. I don't remember, but there's three total. I think this is the best. I mean, it's the highest rated one because I think it was like so unexpected. The premise is that, you know, there's a Blu-ray player up for sale. Like again, DVD for, players, stolen yeah. DVD players, whatever. Yeah. But we're gonna have like a spring fling or whatever. And also there's a, pain, like a paintball assassin. And like Jeff's like, I'm gonna go take a nap. And he wakes up and like it's a post-apocalyptic <laughs> war zone. With and you're like, oh everywhere. my God. Because like yeah. the, the episode starts, like I thought in my brain, for some reason, I thought that the episode started like kind of With when he wakes up, up and you're like, I don't I don't know what's going on. But it's like it starts like a normal episode, just like oh starts you know, fine. whatever. Yeah. And then like two minutes in, he wakes up and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And it's it's amazing. It's really, really great. We get some serious fast connections in this one. They come into the bathroom and like it's just chaos in a bathroom and I was like, Oh, this is very Rico and Tego. Oh like okay. okay. Why the fuck <laughs> like instead of shit on the walls, it's just paintball on the wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, it looks like a bathroom that's destroyed. So this is the second time we see Justin Lin using this bathroom thing. Like, okay. Them sitting in the warehouse, like around the fire when they're like talking, felt very fast and furious. Like when they're in like a hideout, there's just like a lot of things in this one. Like the the bullets slow, like all the like guns 
different directions pointing different ways type things were like felt very fast and the furious this one felt the most fast and the furious to me because it is like because it's an action show yeah yeah i think what also what what this episode kind of demonstrates which is not a fast action but a, a connection to the show is that when we talked about lost last episode or last lap yeah. the entire second season one of the amazing things that that show did was they turned Hawaii into everywhere in the world because they shot that exclusively on Hawaii, but like they made it look like Sydney, they made it look like Los Angeles, they made it look like wherever anybody, any of the characters, like all the flashbacks were all also shot on Hawaii. And I think what this episode does in particular is like it repurposes locations in the school to be yes. like, like you're saying, it's it's the cafeteria, which they're in like almost every episode, but they're like you know everything's chaos and there's just like an open flame and a garbage can in the middle of the room because like nothing matters anymore yeah. and it's the ability to like sort of like what we were talking earlier about like why you're laughing at certain things it's like the recognition of a thing but also the way that they're able to subvert or invert or whatever play on the idea this is a community college but like it's also a war zone and then like i don't remember like the next episode though like everything's back to normal it's just like wait what yeah we, we just yeah, had yeah, like yeah. a war right so like yeah whatever but like they're like sleeping at the end of this one like just like pushing a broom down the hall at the end of this one i'm like they're never getting this paint out of everywhere like there's just paint fucking everywhere like this had to be the last episode they shot because like i don't know how you like clean (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know either dude even if they're sets like whether it's a real place or a set it's like you gotta clean it up or you gotta throw it out like you're not gonna throw out like an entire like you know what i mean so i don't the budget for that one had to be pretty big there's only like what do we see like four sets here pretty much a classroom like the office the cafeteria and the quad the cafeteria and like this this uh, library, right? Like, yeah, and the quads outside, so like, yeah. cool. So there's like five or six sets that you see like in every episode, but it works. Well, because that's that's what I think why the show's premise is so effective is because like the joke is like the co- like you know shout out to Brian on High School Summer Party like you know what mascot are you? But like they're the human beings. Like it's just like they're the most oh, generic God, like anywhere so USA, right? So like yes, the fact that they're it's able to be so specific while being so intentionally generic. It's just a testament to, like, the universality of everything, right? Just, like, this is anywhere and nowhere, and it doesn't matter. And these people are just, like, again, intentionally stereotypes of, like, the college athlete or the high school athlete who flamed out, the, like, brainy schoolgirl who got into trouble or whatever. Like, the guy trying to start a new path, like, the old dude trying to, you know, whatever it is. Yep. Because they're so intentionally played out, it works. Yeah, it's it's so relatable. I didn't go to this place but like this is so much like everybody's experience right like you could see all these people even if you didn't go to college like you would still like see these characters in your life like they remind you of someone leonard who pops in or like we have magnitude i don't know if you got to magnitude yet but like we talked about with nico and kevo or like you know all these background characters like starburns that pop in from like time to time like they're all so weirdly specific in a way that like you don't know anybody like Starburns, but like you know people like Starburns, yes. right? So like you don't know anybody with Starburns, but you know Starburns for sure. You definitely know this guy. Yeah. Also, he's like a kind of a big deal TV producer and like, you know, Dino oh, Stamatopoulos. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starburns, played by Dino Stamatopoulos, is a comedy writer, producer, that kind of like not background character, but it's just like this guy could like this could be his big break or like it could just be like something goofy. Yeah, like, I thought like that. A, I've never seen this guy before, but like you wouldn't have if you like if he's director, right? Um, like I think he might be best known to most people from yeah, this, Starburns. but like he's worked with or written on Conan and Ben Stiller show and Mr. Show and Mad TV sense. and 
you know, been in a ton of different things. Like he's been on SNL, like just, you know, writer on SNL. Like it's just, yeah. And I think he's got his own production studio, like Starburns Inc. or whatever. So Starburns yeah. Inc. That's pretty I think funny. so. Yeah. Any other thoughts about any of these shows, any of these episodes or the, the first season or community as a whole? I like it. I'm going to keep watching it. It's very fun. I recommended it to Rachel's parents. They, their shows, like their shows that they like, qualifications for them is it needs to be over. <laughs> That's like one of their biggest things. Like they don't want to start a show that they have to wait for. They like starting shows that they know have already been. Sure. Like, I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah. And um, I recommended it to them because I was enjoying it so much as we were watching it. I think that they'll really enjoy it too. So. And like we were saying before, like it's not a family show, but like you can kind of recommend it to anybody. Right. And like, if you don't like it, you don't like it, but like it's, it's smart, silly fun. Like whether you like dumb stuff or you like smart stuff or whatever, like it's kind of cutting across all quadrants in a certain way. Right. This is why I thought that I, I said that I think that both of her parents will like this show for different reasons. Her mom won't get all of the pop culture references that Kevin will get. Her mom will like some of the character development and wholesomeness that Kevin won't care about. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of overlap of, like, you will find something you like in the show. might be different from why I like it, but there's something for everyone. You don't have to, like, be like, oh, I like this thing to enjoy it, so. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I realize within, like, five minutes of watching the first of these three episodes, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to... I, I want to rewatch the entire show. Like at some point, like it, it, it's not as good, but like there's so much that's great. That's like unimpeachably great that like it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? So watching it for the first time, it's it's very, yeah. very funny. So check it out if you have not yet, because again, like we said, for like the third or fourth time on Netflix, on Hulu, you have access to those or, you know, you pay for it or you know somebody who does, right? So go check it out because again, quick, breezy, fun, funny, smart. So easy to watch. Easy to watch too, like is very nice. Like, 20 minutes and very light. Like, it's, as much as it's, like, funny and smart, it's also, like, very on the surface. Like, you, you're you not going to be, like, lost. Well, that's why I was also saying to you, like, you could, theoretically, if you didn't like the show or, like, you, you just wanted I to, like, yeah. you could have watched just the three episodes yep. and, like, the middle one, you're like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here, but, like, it's almost like scenes at a community college. It's like, okay, it's it's Halloween here now. Like, these are, like, the, like and I think you yep. like the show more if you like, the, if you know the characters, but, like, okay, this is a Halloween one. This one's about dance, and this one's, like, a, a, an action movie, right? And, like, you yep. can just kind of drop in. So, like, if you want to try it, go for it. But, again, start from the beginning, start from the start, and go from there. So no letterbox game, no trailer, because this is not a movie. So, sad to say. But next week, next episode, we are going to be joined by Heather Anthos to talk about Furious 7, which I am... Uh, very worried about i think she will probably hate because it's like a brian episode yeah. <laughs> yeah. yep yep lots yep. of dom lots of brian between now and then though for our patrons there will be a bonus episode Ooh. coming out on thursday april 1st so if you have not yet signed up even a dollar a month gets you access to those bonus episodes so go check out too fast to forever.com for all sorts of perks and bonuses and love and affection but also bonus episode with Late Night Brian Rodriguez coming Thursday, April 1st, which is very exciting. Good episode. We recorded it. I have not edited it yet, but it was a good, fun episode because, of course, it is because it's Brian. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know Brian. And it really feels like we have like a three way phone conversation whenever Brian's on. (laughs) Yeah. Check it out, TooFast2Forever.com, and also check out, of course, his podcast, High School Slumber Party. Any other thoughts about anything, or you want to wrap it up? No, I'm excited to keep watching it, but I'm more excited to watch Temptation Island tonight. Well, for all things Temptation Island, you go to cageclub.me, <laughs> facebook.com, slash TooFast2Forever, or at TooFast2Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Come back next week for Furious 7, a bonus episode on Patreon, TooFast2Forever.com, between now and then. Also, check out our store, TooFast2Forever.shop. Go do that yeah. thing. 
uh, buy a shirt or something, or don't. I don't care. Nate had a really awesome Rocky Maivia Picture Show T-shirt. Yes, it's the Rocky Horror, but yes, yes, yes. Dude, I, I want to get one of those. I think I'm gonna go buy one of Nate's shirts too because I, I want to support him. So that's pretty yeah. If you don't want to support, if you don't want to support our Patreon, go support the Rocky Maivia, like the post wrestling, and do do Nate's Patreons. Like you know, Nate's get cool. him. Yeah. Yeah. And also Garrett Smith, who was on our Tokyo Drift episode, he and his partner, they put out their podcast about the Killer Bees. Remember, not about Wu-Tang, but about B-movie actors and stuff. And I think that's starting now because I'll retweet something that's too fast. So go check that out as well in case you don't have enough of our nonsense to listen to, even though we are down precipitously from the two episodes a week last lap last year. If you want to go check out other podcasts, go check out Rocky Maivia Picture Show and The Killer Bees. And, I endorse know, those, for sure. Everything on our network, including, of course, High School Slumber Party. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll tell you all about it. See you.